Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and I am joined uh, by Jake and Cameron from the pre-order bonus. Uh, would you guys want to introduce yourselves? Go for it, Jake. Sure thing. Yeah. So we are a duo. Our podcast, thank you, Dan, for the introduction and having us, of course. Uh, it's the pre-order bonus podcast. What we like to do is similar to what Dan is doing here with The Greatest Story Ever Played, We like to do episodes based on games uh, for the most part, meaning like a specific episode dedicated to a specific game. We go through it. The flavor that we bring to each of our episodes is that we always talk about each game in four categories. We talk about the narrative, mechanics, gameplay loop, and what we think the impact on the industry is. Um, And that's kind of the rundown of what we do. Like Dan said, my name is Jake. Cameron and I are both actually originally from Washington State, but we both found ourselves in Utah. This is kind of where life has taken us. We've been playing games with each other for a super long time. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. And and Cameron had the idea for this podcast. And and here we are, podcasting away. Yep, Jake said it all. Dan, super excited to to be on your podcast, man. We certainly love your stuff and appreciate the invite to talk about more video games there's there's too many games to talk about too too much stuff to break down we actually and i and dan you're going to talk about this but i mean we're talking about mario odyssey today right just so i have that right yep (laughs) yeah i mean we we did an episode on that way back but we did definitely didn't do it justice i mean this this game is there's just too much to talk about but anyway we're super excited to be here thanks so much for having us yeah, totally. Super glad to have you both here and to talk games. Again, if you haven't checked their podcast out, highly recommend it. Also, at the end of the episode, we'll go a little more deep into their show. Stick around for that for sure to learn more about the show. I've noticed too that we have uh, quite a few crossovers of where we'll cover a game on our show and they'll cover it as well. And highly recommend checking those out. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to those after uh, playing a game myself and then going and hearing what someone else thinks. So Definitely recommend that. But yeah, as Cameron said, we're going to be talking about Super Mario Odyssey. That's exciting <laughs> to uh, bring us here. And I think good, cool that you guys get to revisit this. Like, uh, I think it's a game that's fun to revisit. I know some games probably aren't as great to come back to, but I feel like this one actually would be nicer to come back to. So uh, that's yeah, for sure. That's fortunate. Um, <laughs> before we dig in, I guess I'll, I'll grab a description for us of what this game is if It says here, explore incredible places from Mushroom Kingdom as you join Mario and his new ally, Cappy, on a massive globe-trotting 3D adventure. Use new abilities like the power to capture and control objects, animals, and even enemies to collect power moons so you can power up the Odyssey airship, save Princess Peach from Bowser's wedding plans. And this is developed by Nintendo EPD. I think this is kind of their main studio. So they they were like Animal Crossing's New Horizons, Breath of the Wild... All of that. It seems like Nintendo, from my understanding, is kind of all under one roof at this point, and they use that as their like main developing slash publishing spot. So yeah, that's a little bit about the game. Before we go into like a, a deeper recap, so to speak, uh, we wanted to hit up a couple non-spoiler thoughts. So one thing I have uh, for me is this is actually my first Mario like adventure game I've ever played. As a kid, I like a neighbor had like the SNES Super Mario Bros or whatever. I played a couple levels, but I've never really played these games. Like I played like Smash or Mario Kart some, but never an actual mainline Mario game. So this was pretty cool as like an experience to jump into for the first time. But I was curious, what are your guys' experience with Mario? 
Cameron, you've got a much more extensive experience with Mario than I do. When I, I, I kind of same thing as you, Dan. Growing up, uh, the neighbors on the street they had a SNES, and sometimes we'd go over play a few levels, and we'd always play until you died. And for <laughs> me, that meant my turn was like five seconds long. Like. <laughs> I was just so bad at, at those original 2D Mario games, and I still am super bad at them. Um, so I've always been a really big fan of 3D Mario. Those are the games that I've enjoyed the most, the ones that I have played probably the most as well. And so coming into Super Mario Odyssey, I mean, I was just excited for another 3D Mario platformer and had a ton of fun with it. Uh, it's kind of what you expect, but what I really like about each 3D Mario game is that there's some sort of, I don't know, theme or hook or some sort of mechanical change in each game. And so I actually really enjoyed having Cappy, you know, be sort of the the new fresh mechanic for Super Mario Odyssey. So I had a really great time with it. But yeah, my experience with Mario, I'm a 3D Mario guy all the way. Let me take you back to 1996. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely, look, I as a little, little kid, you know, you see the SNES at someone's house and you crack that thing open and you, you're playing Mario and you're like, oh, that man, this is so cool. And you're playing that that uh, Aladdin game where you have to ride the magic carpet out of the, the <laughs> lava-filled mountain and it's extremely hard. I remember being, that's like, the, that's like my first like Dark Souls experience, flying the magic carpet out of the mountain. Anyway, no, I think my first kind of major experience was Mario uh, 64. So I, I got a, Nint- a Nintendo 64, okay. you know, like when it came out and I was the little kid who was just addicted to video games straight up. It was like from dusk till dawn. If you asked me to stop playing, I, I'm, I, I'm the kid that would like freak out on you and like toss the controller <laughs> against the wall. But no, Super Mario 64. I'm, I, and I think it's timely, you know, that that s- similar to, I think the conversation Jake and I have been having around halo you know talk about halo infinite you know you look at i i feel like uh, mario odyssey was kind of the modern manifestation of kind of what mario 64 tried to do back then i think mario odyssey basically was was kind of a manifestation of that and i think it was kind of the first game that to me felt even before ocarina of time like felt quote unquote open world-ish you know what I mean? Like, you know, back in the day, like they didn't actually do open world, but they certainly like tried to make games feel bigger than they actually were. And I think that was the first game where I kind of right. felt that sense of wonder. So that was my kind of first experience with Mario. Cool. Okay. That's awesome. I feel like we have a, a good variety here then. It seems like I'm kind of the rookie, Cameron's the vet, and Jake's in the middle. So yeah. I think that's good and is going to bring, I think, different perspectives to playing this and maybe things that were stood out or were meaningful or anything like that. So that's cool. I like hearing that. The other thing I had for a non-spoiler thought for me is I played almost in t- this entire game on my lunch breaks from work. Like I work from home, so it was like, okay, I take my lunch. I just walk into the living room, grab my Switch play for a half hour and this game is perfect for that like a lot of games i feel like you can play for 30 minutes and it almost doesn't matter Uh, like you're like okay i walked across the map for a while or something but here you could actually accomplish some things you might you know get seven power moons and then go back to work like totally worked out really well so i thought that was really cool and 
you know, was super enjoyable for that. So that just insight into mm-hmm. my time playing. But I don't know if you guys have any thoughts you wanted to get into before we dive deeper. Uh, I would say that actually I had a similar experience as you. I played a lot of Super Mario Odyssey actually just in handheld mode before bed. Like, just spend 30 minutes, you know, and the same thing. Hey, man, I, I, I've I got seven power moons, and it feels good. I So that's something that I really loved about this game. I guess my last non-spoiler thought is this. It's like, it, it might not feel like a massive game, but it's a very, like, compact, condensed game. Like, there's a lot going on in a little space. And mm-hmm. I really liked that about this, where every nook and cranny felt worth exploring, there were different things to collect, different things to do. I liked how you could use coins um, to to get outfits. Um, just some of those fun little side tidbit things, I think, made it really enjoyable. I, I'm with you, Dan. Like, I felt like there was zero time wasted at all playing this game. It was just adrenaline action the whole way through. Mm-hmm. No, I think, I mean, I, I echo the same thing as Jake. I mean, I think, um, you know, like like I said, I kind of felt the same way about this game as I did about Mario 64 the first time I played it. And it's just, you know, sort of this sense of wonder. I think this is probably to me, you know, one of Nintendo's most creative games like to date, just the whole concept of, you know, tossing the hat and transforming to pretty much any thing on the entire, in the entire game, which is kind of insane when you stop and think about the scope of that and making all that work and then tying that into, but like that whole concept that the game is built around is just, man, it's just, it's one of the f- most fun, just like pure video gamey games that I've ever played that it just kind of tosses out. It's, I think the beauty of it is it doesn't really need to do anything like from a kind of structured standpoint. It, it can basically just do whatever it wants. Like it, and I think that's the beauty of Mario. It's just this weird, wacky kind of crazy thing that exists to kind of just do whatever it wants and be a video game that kind of lives on its own. It doesn't, it doesn't have to like tell, you know, it, it doesn't have to deliver some kind of interesting message. It doesn't have to like, you know, dramatically alter your life and it doesn't have to have any like, you know, certain hooks to it. It just kind of is fun. And I think that's what I most enjoyed about this. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's true. And I, I think you're right. All the, I don't know, innovations, I guess, that Cappy brings to each level. Like, and I imagine designing this was fun for them. Like, yeah. playing it is fun, but I bet coming up with, like, oh, if we make a bad guy like this, they could be used in the level like this. Like, yeah. I bet that was really fun to think about because it was fun learning, like, mm-hmm. as you played. So I bet making it was probably pretty cool. <laughs> cool. No, that's great. Okay, so now, I guess, from here on, We'll dive into spoilers, so if you don't want to know how a Mario game goes, um, <laughs> uh, you uh, should head off, but I, I, I would definitely play this. I'd really recommend it. I had a lot of fun, but one question I wanted to ask, because really the game is set up in that you basically go kingdom to kingdom, kind of going through battles and all of that stuff, but because there's so many kingdoms, we probably have our favorites, so... I was curious, did any kingdoms, were they your favorite? Are they like the level you like to go back to or anything like that? New Donk City, 100% all the way. I'm a massive <laughs> New Donk City fan. Yep. I I freaking love that that area. And the sequence and the sequence when you're doing the level where you are 
running up the skyscraper while the like jazzy Mario, this crazy like jazz Mario tune that <laughs> that they produced the crap out of for just no apparent reason, but it's this amazing like Mario jazz song. <laughs> that's that's the best sequence in the game. It was I I love that area and that sequence is just chef's chef's kiss. It's so good. I I mean yeah I mean the the Metro Kingdom New Dog City absolutely loved that one. It was a ton of fun. Yeah I mean. That moment, I don't know if like somebody discovered in the budget, they're like, oh, we have like an extra, you know, I don't know, 50 grand right here. So I was like, let's make this awesome jazz concert. <laughs> okay. Because it kind of just felt like, okay, we're going to do this. But it was so much fun. Um, that's a kingdom that I really loved. And um, I really loved the Wooded Kingdom also. That was a kingdom. A part of that is just because I like the aesthetic of like old rusty buildings slowly being taken over by a forest. But I also really like that level because I think in terms of platforming, um, it used verticality in a really cool way. Platforming up and not just across, which is also something that I liked about New Donk City. When you get to to the rooftops, it's almost like you're in a different level. So those two, definitely my favorites. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, those, those uh, are my favorites as well. I think with uh, New Donk City, what was so cool is that like, for me, not knowing anything about Mario, really, I was like, wait, they have cities here? Like, it was just such a, a shock. Because, you know, I, I was kind of expecting, you know, you're just like stomping on Goombas in the woods. Like, that was my kind of expectation. So this was so new and different. And right. then uh, that amazing jazz scene and all of that is so cool. Uh, and it was a perfect like midpoint for this game of like here's something totally new and really cool so yeah yeah i i agree i asked people on twitter about this as well larry on twitter wrote in and uh similar to us says i really enjoy new donk city and mayor pauline singing jump up suit uh jump up superstar toward the end yep yeah super cool and then uh morgan on twitter said the underwater one you go to early which i think is uh the first like mermaid village is that the lake kingdom I think it is. I think you're right. I think that's it. So yeah. that's cool. So, all right. Now we can kind of dive into these worlds. We'll see what Super Mario Odyssey is all about. So our game opens up with Mario and Bowser fighting, as they do, on top <laughs> of a flying ship. And they're above Peach's castle. Bowser is stealing Peach to bury her. Mario is trying to fight against that. Uh, however, Mario gets knocked off the ship. He loses his his hat in process, and uh, Bowser flees off successful. Mario then gets woken up by Cappy, who is uh, a sentient hat, and <laughs> he says that Bowser also took his sister, Tiara. Mario and Cappy decide, okay, we got to team up. We're going to get Peach and T- Tiara back. And Cappy, as we kind of alluded to earlier, acts as he's like your Mario's hat. He's also your teammate. He's a weapon. You can like use him to fight. And also the special ability of taking over basically anything. Okay. So you get kind of the setup for what everything is pretty quickly. Yeah. So, of course, I have to, to bring this in just because of of my background in literary studies. Of course, Super Mario Odyssey is named, and it has to do a lot with The Odyssey, which is a famous oral poem from Homer. And it kind of made me laugh playing through this game because it does a pretty good job of paralleling that famous epic poem, even down to the kind of marriage stuff. At the end of that, um, Odysseus finally makes it back home, and his wife Penelope is 
uh, people are trying to marry her and get the throne. And so there's this kind of battle at the end where Odysseus is trying to fight for his wife's, you know, just to try to get his place back as, as the king. And it's just kind of funny because here in Super Mario Odyssey, it's all based around a wedding, right? And so that way was pretty similar to, to the original epic. Okay, we can we don't have to do any more on literary studies, but that's just one thing that just <laughs> always kind of made me laugh thinking about this game. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the wedding stuff actually makes a lot of sense. And then I also love about, like, like Cameron said earlier, like, with Mario games, they're just wacky. Like, Cappy shows up, it's a sentient hat, and you're like, yeah, okay, this is normal. Like, this is a Mario game. This is normal. Like, don't even spend a second <laughs> whole, just, like, questioning The whole Cappy like, thing okay. convinced me that Mario Odyssey is, that Mario is a multiverse. That, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Jake's laughing because, no, it convinced me, like, because when you, you see, so in Odyssey, right, it's, it kind of blows out the idea of kind of what Mario is, kind of where it takes place, right? Like, because you've got, you know, the the Mushroom Kingdom, but then you have all these other, like, locations that you go to, and it's, it's like, I don't know if those locations exist in the other games. Maybe they don't. I don't think there's supposed to be any kind of throughput with Mario lore, but anyways, seeing all that stuff just made me think of, like, <laughs> Mario Multiverse for some reason. <laughs> Th- that's funny. You, I guess you could be right. I, if, the, you know, if Mushroom Kingdom's kind of your main one through other ones and then it's like oh we can also do this like (laughs) that's i like that theory that's fun cool now so this sort of sets us up um and then finally we kind of start to begin our mission uh which is we head over to cap kingdom where cappy's people all live to chase after bowser then you end up in your first boss fight with uh who I guess I'm calling Irish Brutal. Um, the Brutals are Bowser's wedding planners. They kind of look like the Trix Rabbits for like the yogurt or yes. cereal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was like all I could think of each time is, okay, I'm beating up the Trix family. <laughs> and you fight them. This is your first boss fight. Uh, as you go on each Brutal, you'll have boss fights with them. And they all have like certain abilities. So I think this guy has like a hat that spins and you need to like jump on his head to beat him or whatever so Mm -hmm. it it sort of sets you up with this way and they're sort of your main uh, pre-nemesis through this game a lot you know you want to get to bowser but you keep having to deal with the brutals yeah this i actually really like this opening sort of tutorial kingdom i thought it worked really well just teaching you how things were going to go and of course uh, Dan, I'd love to know what you thought since this is your first mainline adventure game. Do you feel like it did a really good job of teaching you how 3D Mario works? And I ask because 3D Mario, he's always had like this kind of specific move set like of jumps. You know, there's a single jump, double jump, like the backflips and all these types of things. Um, so I thought it was a cool thing. But I don't know, Dan, I'm really curious to hear about your experience since this is your first one. Yeah, I felt like it it did a pretty good tutorial. Like, I didn't feel like I struggled too much. Like, there are a few times where I'd be like, oh, I don't quite get it. But as I, like, I don't know, played around with it, I was like, oh, okay, I need to do this. Or, like, but I thought they did a good job of introducing the mechanics that go with that. So, like, I don't remember which level it is. But, you know, there's one where they teach you how to, you know, jump back and forth up a wall or something like that. Um, And... 
when it came at a point you were like, okay, I think I know how to do this. This is fine. But I thought they did that stuff really well for someone who never played any of these. I didn't feel like I like had struggled too hard, uh, which was nice because uh, I'm like okay at video games, but I'm not as good as <laughs> I probably should be. Um, and so that was uh, nice that I didn't feel like I had major struggles ever. I had struggles at points, but it was totally fine. That's cool. That's cool. Cool. So, yeah, from here, um, we go from Cap Kingdom to another kingdom called Cascade Kingdom, and you find uh, the Odyssey, your ship, which is uh, a big hat, uh, essentially, and you you go to use it, but you can't use it because it needs some power moons, which power moons essentially act as fuel, and you need those to be able to boost your ship up so you can move on to the next world. And so you go around the uh, kingdom, you get, you get a couple power moons, you can do various activities. This, I guess, introduces you to the next kind of main part or main objective of this game, which is get power moons. Um, and there you can get them in all sorts of ways. You know, like sometimes it's just climbing to a high point. Sometimes it's completing a certain activity that gets you it, like um, winning a race or a time trial, things like that. Yeah, I, I thought this was a cool kingdom for sure. And you're yeah, in addition to learning about Power Moons, this is where I feel like you finally really get to test out Cappy, right? And towards the end of the kingdom, you can... Is the word we're using possess? I don't know. You throw Cappy on a T-Rex, <laughs> right? And... I thought that was a really cool moment, just like showing like the capability of the game. Like, oh, not only can you use Cappy like to jump to different places or as a weapon or to collect um, coins, but there's some really cool stuff that you could expect when you take control of enemies. So that was probably my favorite thing about this kingdom for sure was like just getting that initial shock and being like, all right, I'm a T-Rex now and I can smash all sorts of stuff. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the mo. That's the moment when I think where Nintendo goes like, hey, we're not messing around. Like you can take over a, a giant dinosaur and just run all over the world. <laughs> they kind of, I think they flex their like, hey, we're committed to this idea a million percent. Like here's a dinosaur, throw your hat at it. Um, and I think that that kind of marks the game because it, you know, essentially every time you fling your hat on something i mean it essentially changes the the mechanics of the game in many many ways right so it just opens up just this huge array of possibilities that make every level like just just so much fun and makes the you know kind of the main core of the game which is essentially just collecting stuff it's collecting moons um it just makes that so much fun like something that in other games sort of feels like a chore. Uh, I got to go collect like six more of these things and then I can kind of keep going. And Mario, like you don't feel that fatigue because it's so fun to just go get more and more moons. And I think they, in this, you know, dinosaur level, they, they kick that off with a bang for sure. Yeah. I, that, that's a good call out there of in a lot of games doing this would probably be a chore. I'd be like, God, why do I have to keep getting blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, this one, it doesn't feel that way at all. And it's the main mechanic, but somehow it's still super fun for the whole time you play. Like, And, and getting to do things like the T-Rex, because you need that to like run through a wall to get a certain moon to like continue through your level or something yeah. i think yeah that's right and it's cool because like you you know you get to that spot before you like 
I don't know if you were this way. When I saw the T-Rex, I was like, I'm going to stay away from that for a minute because I don't want to get eaten. <laughs> and then I got to a spot and I was like, okay, I think I need the T-Rex. I'm going to go check that out. And then I did. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a T-Rex. This is so fun. <laughs> but, it, you know, like it, it really brings you that like, uh, I don't know, joy of discovery or like, okay, I have a problem. I know it's there. I know I have these, um, I don't know, items in my toolkit or, you know, the things around me. Okay, how am I supposed to manipulate this to keep going or whatever and it's like oh they they so nailed this part of the game like this mechanic that just carries you through everything yeah i think you said it super well that's kind of the experience i had too just being able to look around and be like okay i need the t-rex let's use the t-rex now <laughs> yeah also i didn't know t-rexes were in mario so again i was like wow <laughs> mario has way more than i knew this is so fun um so in this particular I, I, branch of the multiverse, right, Cameron? I mean, in all seriousness, like, I don't think there's... I think there might be, like, a dinosaur boss maybe in Super Mario 64, maybe. Um, but but I don't I don't think so. And so the fact that they bring it here, you're like, oh, okay, this, uh, this is a little bit of a different Mario game, and I really like what they're doing. And I think that's... Yeah, it's just... It, it's... Yeah, the whole dinosaur thing is just crazy because it it really, like I said, I mean, it just sets that tone in such a crazy way. So it's cool. It's dinosaurs and Mario. Mario can do whatever it wants. That's the beauty of Mario, right? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. That I feel like that's like what I very much so felt playing this is they can do whatever I, whatever they want. I'm interested. Like they're yeah. they're nailing yeah. it. Yeah. You wrap this kingdom up with another boss fight with against another brutal, um, and a new thing does happen where you get a multi moon, which is three moons put together. So it kind of shows you that your boss fights will be rewarded more, uh, I guess, as you go. And also, um, you don't learn this specifically in this kingdom, but each kingdom has a certain amount of moons it wants you to get to be able to leave. I don't know, usually around 10 or 12. Some are a little more, some are a little less. But uh, it sets that stage, and each kingdom probably has, I don't know, 30 or 50 moons? There's a lot. And some of them are easy to find and are obvious, and other ones are a little more hidden. And so it really encourages you to dig around and be like, oh, could I, like, go under this maybe? Could I go through it? Is there blah 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 like they 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 really um i don't know provide a lot of opportunities to get moons so uh from here we move on to the sand kingdom and uh the sand kingdom is bigger than the previous ones this is something you find out too from here is some worlds are pretty small and you might only need you know a couple moons to leave other ones are bigger they have more to explore, more to do, all of that. Um, so this is our first kind of bigger one. And I think this is the first time this comes up in this level. But you end up having a like 2D activity where you like walk to a wall. And it, to me, it felt like it was like SNES hieroglyphics almost on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and you like have a, a tunnel and you like go into it and then you pop out on the other side and you're inside the SNES hieroglyphics so to speak and you play through a little bit of a level in there and could get a moon which uh i thought was really cool like i don't have like the nostalgia like some for those old games like i i I like it i guess from playing at a neighbor's house but like i don't have that fool there but i felt it playing it i was like oh this is so cool what an awesome change like 
it was so fun to play it in these like small doses throughout the game. Yeah, I I'm with you. I really enjoyed that section and that kind of sense of discovery too. Like you run into the hieroglyphics. I like how you you put that. <laughs> I think it, it that's a good way of saying it. Uh, that was a, a lot of fun. This kingdom, yeah, this kingdom so much bigger, a lot more going on. I was surprised because you kind of start out just outside of like this little town, this little community. And I got surprised when I realized that you don't have to necessarily go in a straight line. Like this is much more of a zone feel. And you could just kind of keep going and going in a lot of different directions and, and finding stuff and figuring it out. So I actually looked it up and this kingdom, the Sand Kingdom, has a total, let's see, it says total 89 power moons. Whoa. In this one alone. And is I didn't there, find nearly that many. I think, I feel like there, I think, isn't there 600 or is it 900 total in the game? I'm pretty sure it's 900. Wow. Yeah, because when you get to the end of the game, and I know we're, we're getting there, but when you get to the end, like, you beat it with sort of a limited set of moon, like, just enough moons to get to the end and then they're like oh hey by the way there's this whole like end game now you've only caught you've only you know you've you've only gotten one fourth of all the moons in the game now go get all the moons (laughs) and you're like and you're and you're basically like all right well let's go do it again (laughs) that's true they they do and well uh I guess we'll talk further about it, but when you get there, you end up getting kind of revealed where all of them are, and you're like, wow, there were so many I didn't yeah. even know about. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you go back to each world, it feels new again, because you're like, oh, I totally missed all of these things. Or And, and I guess even when it reveals them, they don't tell you exactly where it is. You still have to find it. You just know you're in the right area, <laughs> um, which is cool. Like, that. that's, yeah, that's super cool. So I guess also this introduces you on our desert planet is Bowser stole like a a binding band as a wedding ring here. And this kind of continues the theme through the worlds we go through from here to where Bowser like steals an item that's used for the wedding. So you kind of have to like help save the kingdom. You fight a boss and then you kind of move on. So again, it sort of is Bowser was there right before you. Uh, You just miss him. He leaves a brutal behind to fight you. You have to try to help the town a little bit, get your power moons, and then continue your chase. In this one, you end up getting two fights. You get a fight with a Brutal, and then also you actually go under the desert, and you fight um, Knucklotuck? I think it's um, it's the big stone head, right? And you fight it. So this is your first uh, like non-Brutal boss fight. Yeah, this is a classic Nintendo head and hands boss, right? It's just like, uh, yeah, just a head and hands. And <laughs> I feel like there's this, this type of boss in so many different Nintendo games. Um, this was, yeah, I think uh, when you get to the part of this this kingdom where you actually go underground and you like go under, it's I think an upside down pyramid, right? I was surprised at, at like, wow, these levels have a ton of depth to them. Right, you're really not just trying to run from one end to the other, and that there are different sub areas. And then, like you said, like learning that you missed a ton of moons on your initial playthrough, going back and just realizing like how densely packed these these levels really are. Um, and yeah, so I loved going down there. I think going down there, uh, there's a section where you use Cappy to take control of a bullet bill, and 
that yeah that for me oh, that happens earlier in the level but for whatever reason i always associate this feeling with when you're underground it was just like a a really fun way of kind of switching up what the game was instead of just platforming it suddenly you're just like you know those classic arcade games you're a spaceship and you have to navigate through a bunch of things i don't know i i, I like that kind of switch up here and i remember that most with with this kingdom the sand kingdom is this the only but it's definitely not the only boss but I feel like a lot of the other bosses you you only play you only fight them as Mario and then I think I can't remember what the mix is to be honest but anyway this is this was cool because it was the first you know one of the first bosses and it it kind of introduced the concept of using Cappy to you know take over the hand and kind of use the transformation mechanic like in a boss fight which uh, was super cool, super fun to do. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, that that was a cool change. So, okay, from here, we head off to our next one, which is Lake Kingdom. Here, Bowser stole a dress from the mermaids. So, again, you go, you uh, help out here, you find power moons, all of that, fight another brutal, all, all kind of your standard stuff you get here. One thing too, I guess actually, that was funny. We we talked about the end game part, but I'll mention it again here now. Of you know, you get revealed where all the power moons are. But I remember a few times, especially in the early levels, before like I think my mind was trained to think like Mario Odyssey that there are power moons everywhere. You just have to find them, right. kind of thing. I remember the first couple of levels. There were a couple of times where I was just like, "Man, where the hell's the next power moon? How am I going to find this?" <laughs> and then you know, later on, it gets real, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, there's so many!" Like learn how to explore geez like um uh but it was cool because you know then there's a later point in the game maybe a few levels in where i was like oh look under everything if you're not sure there's a power moon like you did a level and you got a power moon at the end of it but wait there might be another one hidden somewhere else like go back backtrack like um you know all all of that and i thought that was really fun that it trained me how to think uh to look for power moons as it went on which i thought was pretty cool yeah i think the late kingdom at this point in the game you could choose to go to one of two kingdoms so i actually came back to the late kingdom later in the game and i feel like this is one of the kingdoms that i really had to think okay what have i learned from this game where is a power moon going to be i feel like they weren't super obvious and but that's the thing though about this game that's super fun and surprising is that as soon as you go off the beaten path in one direction it might take you to like three power moons just just because you're looking at a slightly different area so i remember feeling that a lot with this this one in particular and i also i was afraid of doing a water level (laughs) because i'm so bad at water levels and i remember coming back to this and be like oh this isn't so bad like swimming isn't so bad it's not super punishing it's just a different way that this kingdom is going to work. They should get rid of all water levels in every game. No. <laughs> so, you know, what's, what's funny is I think Mario Odyssey actually win, like gets around that because of the cappy mechanics. So this water world, you can become a fish. And so instead of having to like go super slow and like crappily through an area, which, for example, like Metroid Dread, like the worst parts of that game are the stupid underwater sections, which nobody wanted. 
<laughs> but what you can, you know, in this game, you can just flick your cap at a fish and then you literally become a fish and it, and it just changes the whole dynamic. So it's, uh, yeah, another brilliant kind of design. Again, just an example of how Mario can just do whatever it wants and just a, a cool world. Not my favorite world for sure. Um, but I think that that little piece was kind of the shining thing for me. I agree. I was um, nervous, too, about it being a water level and feeling similar. If like, eh, am I going to like this? And then when a water level shows up later, because of the experience on this one, I was more eager to be in that the one that shows up later because I was like, okay, the water wasn't so bad. You can do these things like to make it better, like being a fish or whatever. So uh, I agree. From here also, then, you end up getting to go to the Wooded Kingdom here. Uh, this one is bigger, so I think uh, Jake had mentioned you could go to Lake Kingdom or Wooded One. The Wooded One is kind of the bigger one. You have two boss fights here. You can uh, fight a Brutal. Also, there's like this giant robot flower that's, um, I think, picking all the flowers. And so it's messing up the woodlands. <laughs> and so you need to destroy this robot so it doesn't ruin the woodlands by taking all the flowers. Which, again, was a different kind of boss. Because, really, I think, to me at least, the Brutals are more similar than different when you fight them. Like, that, you know, they, they each have different mechanics. But, really, the main thing is, like, you need to jump on their head when they're vulnerable. Um, but, you know, this robot flower is pretty different to fight. So, I thought that was uh, a cool thing in this kingdom. I also liked in this kingdom, not boss fights, but I think this is the one where you take over like the centipedes that extend and i thought that was cool of like oh okay i just need to like do this to like make my way across these like tiny rocks over uh lava or water or whatever it was over yeah yeah i'm, I'm with you i thought there was a lot of cool things going on here like i mentioned earlier i really like this kingdom because if it's the aesthetic but also the verticality there's a lot of going up in this game or in this uh kingdom which i thought was just a, a fun you know quite a little change of pace right instead of swimming instead of just kind of platforming across you're going up and um so yeah I, this was a really fun one you also can take control of an enemy and like act like a tank right and so right <laughs> knocking down walls and stuff like that yeah this was a great one i think you're right dan i really agree i hadn't thought about this but um you said you know the brutals really are a lot more similar than they are different and what I do appreciate about things like the Wooded Kingdom is that you do have these like other secondary or like non-brutal bosses, right? So the brutals we get it, they're part of the the part of the main story. You're gonna have to battle them. They might be similar, but there are other types of bosses too that are gonna make you play the game a little more differently. I'd forgotten about the tank. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was super cool. I was like, again, same thing. There are tanks in Mario. Um, again, <laughs> there there aren't there aren't rules here. That's really the thing that like I feel like is the theme of this game, but in the best way possible. You know, sometimes not have, not having rules makes things bad. Instead, this way it just amplifies it and makes it more fun. Like when I got to be a tank and blow holes in walls to keep going, I was like sad that I couldn't just be a tank the rest of the way. Right. Like <laughs> ju ju just like when you have to give up the T-Rex, I would have been the T-Rex for way longer. Like it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. They really make you, they like really let you enjoy it and want it once you're gone. Like, but Oh, it, it super fun uh, in here. And also, I think in this one, you... Is this where you take a... You can fly, right? Uh, there's um, a... It's not a dragon, but like a lizard of some sort that you like can glide with, right? That's at the top 
on this level, if I'm remembering right. Oh, man, I'm not remembering that, but I think you're right. Maybe it's not this level. Maybe it's a later one, but I think one of the early ones, you, you're you able to, like, glide over the kingdom and, like, try to p- go to spots you couldn't, like, platform your way to. I Yeah, that's probably right. I remember that in the... In a, in a later kingdom, but I don't know. I, okay. I just enjoy the tanks so much, and that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, yeah, that's great. Wooded Kingdom, awesome. Next, we kind of move towards our, not quite midpoint, but close to midpoint. You get to Cloud Kingdom. Uh, you're only here pretty briefly, but you have a boss fight with Bowser. And you have a moment where it's looking like Mario could win, but, uh, you know, we're not deep enough in the game, so Mario's not winning. <laughs> you know, he gets flung off. And also Bowser, like, messes, shoots the Odyssey out of the sky, and it crash lands. Um, you know, you thought you were going to win, but you don't. And so Mario uh, and Cappy are stuck in a kingdom called the Lost Kingdom, and they've got to repair the Odyssey um, after being shot out of the sky. Um, And so they have to collect more power moons here because the Odyssey's been pretty damaged. Uh, In this one, you actually have to collect 25 power moons. So I think up until this point, it's been like 10 or 12. It it hasn't been so bad. But this one, you're like, okay, I have to really dig around here. I'm going to have to work at it and spend more time here to make sure that I get the power moons I need kind of thing, which was, I, I think, worked pretty well as like a slowdown point for your game of, okay, if you've been blazing through before this, like now you've really got to slow down and think about things. Yes. I, I definitely felt the same way. I think for part of this level though, this is probably the only time of the game where I felt like, just like, Oh man, I don't, the game was never like a slog. So I don't want to use that word, but I, I think you're right. Like that, there's a pretty drastic change of pacing when I hit this level, and for me, it was a little jarring. I think that's the best way of wording it. It was a little jarring that the pacing was a little slower here. Um, yeah, you definitely had to be a little more methodical about how you're going to get the power moons, mainly because, like, the island or excuse me, the kingdom is created like islands, right? And so you have to be really careful about how you're jumping to different platforms, and you just have to be a little smarter about how you're doing things. So yeah, this was this was a fine kingdom of that, and you're right. Like there were a lot of power moons to collect, and so this this kingdom was the first time it took me a little longer than the you know to get through to get all the power moons that I want to collect before moving on. Yeah, I felt this one differently as I think we both talked about. We played this in small chunks, so for me this was several lunch breaks instead of like some of the kingdoms before this. It was like, oh, one lunch break, cool. I'm done with this one because it was so fast. This one instead, I was like, oh, I'm here all week almost. It felt like that, so it slowed it down in a way that was uh, it was different for sure. Also, you have a boss fight with a giant bird, so uh, pretty different than uh, you know what we've dealt with so far. Yeah. I actually loved. We're talking about. Sorry, I got lost a little bit. We're talking about the luncheon kingdom, right? The, the lost. The kingdom. lost kingdom. That's right. Sorry, I'm, I'll wait for my comment. I have a comment on the luncheon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. No, I I like this one as well, but I agree with Jake. It does change the pace a little bit, and it was it was pretty jarring. Sorry, I thought I forgot the bird was anyway. Keep going. okay cool all right so now we get to go to everyone's favorite kingdom 
Metro Kingdom, which is great. You've got a boss battle here with a robot that's like taking all the electricity in the city. Because when you get there, it's dark, right? And so then you've got to like make your way to this robot to fight it to kind of get the city like back on its feet. Yeah, this was... Uh, I, I kind of liked how there was a pretty dramatic change in this this kingdom, right? Like you said, you come in, it's dark, it's raining, um, and then you have to fight this giant... I think it's like a metallic centipede that's crawling over these skyscrapers. And I think you're the tank at this point, right? You have to shoot at it. I think for me, this was like the most or like like the first really intense moment of the game. <laughs> I just, I don't know, maybe it was the atmosphere or something. I felt like, and, and the centipede's moving really fast, right? So I feel I felt like there's a lot of intensity going on just with this sort of part of the part of the kingdom. But yeah, of course, once you get through that, you open up New Donk City, which I guess is like the, the proper kingdom, the proper level you get to explore. It was just so much fun. And uh, you said this earlier, Dan, it was kind of weird being like, oh, this exists in Mario's universe. And it was kind of funny seeing Mario, who we've always considered to be a normal human being, next to people who looked more like normal human beings, I guess, right? Um, Less cartoony. And just kind of (laughs) seeing that kind of made me laugh. This, This level, though, is home to one of my least favorite power moons, actually. I love this kingdom, but for one of the power moons... You have to kind of race this tiny remote-controlled car into a goal. Or at least that's the mechanic. And it drove me absolutely bonkers. It was so hard for me. I don't know if you guys had this experience with this with New Donk City, but that one Power Moon, I think I ended up skipping it. I, was, I think that was the only time I raged in this game, was I could just could not deal with a remote-controlled car. I don't remember that one, but this one actually has one of my favorite Power Moons, which is... Uh there's a specific one where you have to dive off the top of one of the skyscrapers into a pool, like at the right angle. And I feel like it's, it's a little bit of like a hacky jump puzzle where you have to do like that sort of weird, like jump slash dive thing that, you know what I mean? That you can do. It's like one of the moves that the game doesn't tell you. It's like, that's, it's like the dive hat throw jump thing. You know what I'm talking about, Jake? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that one is is awesome because you have to like get the jump just right and you go off a skyscraper. I freaking love New Donk City. I think it's the best level by far for me. I, I don't know what it was about just having that sort of like nineteen twenties New York City vibe to it. Just was just so so much fun just to kind of mess around as Mario in. Uh I don't know. I, I can't really explain it, but it's just it was just so much fun. I, I loved that area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally love this area as well. It is funny that it's all 1920s <laughs> New York City too. Everyone's like wearing trench coats and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Your other kind of main quest you get in this one is you end up finding Mary Pauline has like a festival she wants to put on. So she has you find some band members and restart the power plant, which lets her have the festival happen. This is where our like jazz moment happens. And this festival gets put on by Mary Pauline. Uh, She sings at it. And then you go through a like eight bit donkey kong like is is it maybe what the first mario was or something and you like run through this course but um it's not really hard it's just like celebrating you and you finish and it's like 
uh, I guess Mario's a celebrity in this world too. New Donk City like loves him. And so you just get like this celebration moment like mid game of like New Donk City's super about you. You know, they have this festival for you. Uh, there's a song being sung about you while you just like run through this old course. Uh, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just a super cool moment. And you said it really well. It's like a, it's just like a victory lap. It's like a celebration, right? You just kind of go through the course isn't necessarily really difficult or anything, but it was just a cool way to celebrate Mario as a character. And I guess who Mario has been for video games and in gaming for as long as Mario has been around. It was for me, it was like the most like breaking the fourth wall aspect of the game. Just like, yeah here's this this is mario this is it this is who we've all learned and loved to enjoy and here he is and and we could just enjoy this moment right which i think is kind of rare sometimes in video games where you just kind of get this moment where um it's like this a feel-good celebratory moment right and here it's you know topped off with this with this song sung by mayor pauline it was a cool thing it was a really cool thing and i think it's a pretty unique thing to games too it, so is Mario? I, I guess I, I don't know how this would apply multi like multiverse or other Mario games. But so is he like a, a celebrity in his universe? Because he certainly felt like he was in New Donk City, which is funny. I, I guess in my head I just had always assumed he's just like the uh, up and coming hero kind of thing. But instead here it seems like he already was, and now he's part of this again almost. One of the one of the mysteries of the multiverse, Dan. I think <laughs> unexplainable, really. Why this uh, obscure version of 1920s New York seems to not only care but uh, honor Mario with jazz festivals. Uh, I'm not I'm not clear on why that is, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. In, in the mainline Mario games, I kind of feel like he does kind of have this, like, okay, he's just going to save Princess Peach. He's not necessarily a hero. Uh, most recently playing uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King, they make lots of jokes about how famous Mario is in the kingdom and, you know, his heroics and all this stuff. But then again, Paper Mario games are kind of weird in that way in that they take the writing and the story very seriously they're always making jokes about it they're much more meta i think in terms of games anyway um but yeah i I like thinking like super mario galaxy it's like i don't know maybe there's just this general understanding people like oh well princess peach is in trouble i bet mario's gonna do something about it and like that's it (laughs) yeah that's awesome no that's cool i i think what's fun about that is like i had a question i was like this is a little odd but also at the other set the bigger part of me was like this is really cool and i totally about this victory lap this is so fun i really like this um totally awesome like midpoint for the game i felt like um that like a high moment or whatever like you're like okay i'm super psyched to keep going like i was excited going into this but this like boosted that more so, uh, okay, we'll leave New Donk City, uh, and we head to the Snow Kingdom. Uh, we have a boss battle again with a Brutal. Uh, the big thing here is there are, um, I think, seals um, are what they are. They're like, they look like seals to me, at least. But you, like, bobsled race. Uh, there are clouds that try to, like, 
blow you uh, off cliffs. Um, the water, if you're in it too long, you'll lose life and also freeze. So they introduce uh, some, I guess, environmental challenges that are maybe bigger than some of the ones we've seen so far. No, I was just going to say, this is just yet another example of just Mario going off the rails. Like, like they introduce <laughs> a whole racing like sim mechanic in this in this kingdom i'm pretty sure right the snow kingdom yeah yeah yep. it's just mm-hmm. like who has time for this you know this is just <laughs> this is just a gr- another great example of nintendo's commitment to just not releasing games until they're done and you and you know that they spent a long freaking time on this game and they're just like yeah let's just toss in this racing thing in here that's cool yeah why not uh oh yeah let's just make like a whole brand new set of characters across like you know 18 different kingdoms it's it's just crazy. the scope is just crazy this is just a shining example of that yeah this kingdom uh to be honest this kingdom for me was probably the i don't know what word am i looking for i mean you come into this kingdom and it's like in the middle of a snowstorm isn't that right mm-hmm. am i yeah, this yeah, yeah. correctly and then, uh, so it's similar to New Dog City in that you do something and then it changes kind of the environment where you're in, things clear up. And uh, yeah, for me, this kingdom, it kind of went by in a flash for me, um, aside from the racing part. Whereas all the other kingdoms, like I've kind of been sharing, like I feel, I remember feeling very distinct feelings with, with each of them or with some of the discovery or some of the things that were happening in them. For Snow Kingdom, it was the race, and I just kind of sucked at the race. I think I had to do it a few times. Um, <laughs> but I feel like this is kind of a classic uh, for 3D Mario games. What, Whatever their snowy planet or location, or in this case, kingdom is like, they're a lot like this. Yeah, I, I think this one was... Uh, yeah, I think the new mechanic it brings with the racing is the main thing, but as a kingdom itself, it was, it was fine, you know? Not not as exciting as some of the other ones around. Um, after this, we head to Seaside Kingdom, uh, which is kind of our Water Kingdom Part 2. Um, but instead, I would say this Water Kingdom is actually really fun. I like this one a bit. One of the kind of uh, enemy types that you get introduced to is like a, a fish that blows out water. And you can get really tall, but also you can... Um, race across almost like jet ski feeling um i thought that was really cool i liked that and also this was the first boss that gave me some questions as to how to do it so you fight like this giant squid monster and you need to get on its head but it's so tall it took me a little bit to figure out how to use these uh water shooting fish or whatever to get high enough to get over it and uh I thought that was cool. I like this mechanic. Once I got it, I was like, oh, this is cool. But this was the first time where I ran into a boss where it's like, what am I supposed to do? What do they want from me? Um, and yeah, that, that was sort of my feelings on this kingdom. What did you guys think? Uh, it was very similar to me. My experience was very similar. There was a lot about this that I really liked. It's just a great looking level, like this sort of beach you know, atmosphere being able to kind of go down and under through different rock formations. It was a lot of fun to explore. Um, and you're right. It, it, I mean, it was another water level, but at this point, like the Lake Kingdom was fine. And But coming in here, this is like a fun water level, dare I say it. Um, 
where just exploring was really great. And yeah, the boss, man, this was the first boss that really was tripping me up too, for sure. And yeah, once you kind of figure out the mechanic and you figure out what the game is expecting of you, it became really fun. But yeah, this is the first time I stopped and scratched my head. This is another one that had just like tons and tons of power moons. And so I remember just finding so many scattered all over the place. Um, and I remember thinking like, I was spending so much time in the water. I wonder if there are a lot of power moons on the beach. And sure enough, I was like, yeah, this was a whole other area that doesn't look very big necessarily, but there are so many cool things hidden just on the beach and at the cliffside filled with power moons as well. So this one I think was super fun to explore. Absolutely. I feel like it's um, kind of comparable to like the, it's like the second half of the game's desert almost like, like you said, how it's so big that you're like, Oh, there's way more power moons here than I would have known on the surface. Like if I go underwater for a while and keep digging, I'll find stuff. If I go on the surface, if I try to go up the beach, I'll find stuff. So yeah, totally agree. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's Seaside Kingdom. We move on from there to Luncheon Kingdom, uh, which is a pretty different looking kingdom because everything's really bright um, in than compared to other ones. Like, you know, there's foods being made. There's a lot of food that's around. And so there's like a lot of pink and yellow and stuff like that, which uh, I, I think just made it feel really different than the things we've seen so far. And... I thought navigating this was pretty interesting. What it, what what was your guys' thought experiences here? This kingdom th- threw me off. <laughs> I mean, I learned to, it honestly when I actually think about uh, Super Mario Odyssey, like in retrospect. And I was telling you know Dan, we were chatting before we started, uh, just kind of thinking about this game and getting back into the mindset. I've been watching a lot of speed runs, and this is just a level that is actually i think just like really well designed and really cool and it's very memorable and it is also incredibly weird like (laughs) like (laughs) like the themes like up until this point all have to do with like different locations but like here you're just kind of like in a weird i don't know you can't even call it a kitchen i don't know it's just such a weird level but that's not a bad thing right like as this weird color palette but there's a lot of cool and interesting things going on but it made for cool level design so this is one that I had a lot of fun in for sure. This one, I feel like I was here for a few play sessions because there are a lot of power moons that you need to get to move on. Uh, but yeah, this is another one where just the exploration turned into a really fun game in and of itself. Where like halfway through a cliff wall, you might see, Oh wait, there's a place to explore. And so there's, or like, um, and this one, there's also environmental hazards. And so you have to skirt pretty close to those to get to some power moons as well. Yeah, Luncheon Kingdom, by far, I think if we were to give out awards for each kingdom, this is the most bizarre one By for me. <laughs> it was just so weird. I don't know. You know, it's it's just just felt so much different than the other ones. But in a very good way, because it gave it a lot of personality and a lot of cool level design. I love this level. Um just a man it's just you know you can't say enough about the creativity you know you're going along and they've got all these cool worlds and then they have a freaking like the whole level is like a big bowl of soup or something you don't even know (laughs) (laughs) and you're like traversing the soup as the blobs that come out of it and then they have like the whole puzzle mechanic where 
you know, you have the tomatoes and when you jump on them, they turn into a blob that you can jump in as the little, you know, jumpy guys. I, I can't even describe it. It's, it's just, it's just wild. Um, and I, I love this one. I thought the boss was really fun as well. Kind of, uh, and another example of how kind of in all these levels and especially this one, I, the way I remember it is as you solve puzzles in the world leading up to the boss, it kind of teaches you what the mechanics of the boss will be. And so it's just brilliant, brilliant level design. Cause when you get to the boss, you kind of know exactly what to do without the game really telling you because you've had to do it to solve several of the puzzles to get, get the moons. And I think this, this area in particular was a great example of that. Right. Because the, uh, I guess what acts as like the fish, so to speak in this are like these little fireballs, right? Yeah. That are like, yeah, that I guess. And they're kind of cute. And you, um, for the boss battle, right. You have to like climb up the, um, I don't know waterfall so to speak that it the birds like spewing out to like get up to it to attack it which was really cool uh doing that also in this one i don't know if it's come up before this but you have these like cannons that you can jump in that will like shoot you to other sides of the map that like if you don't be a fireball and like go out and find one you might not get to a certain part of the map um like you have to go this one route kind of thing which again i think is pretty interesting of how big this like world is yeah absolutely yeah those those cannons yeah i remember finding those it just same sort of feeling as i've described in other levels like wow there's actually a lot more going on to this kingdom than meets the eye you could get around to a lot of different random obscure parts that you would assume are just like out of bounds areas mm-hmm yeah i i remember there's there's like one moon that um you have to shoot a cannon that like shoots you like all the way across the map but you need to like eject from your cannonball to be able to land on the top like level of one of the platforms there and you can only get there if you do that it's too tall to like climb up i think um but then you can like get the power moon there and you're like oh i'm at the top of the world now or whatever like it's yeah, this this level's really cool. Um, I think if like New Donk City hadn't happened, this might be people's favorite. Like, it's so weird, but it's such a good level that like I wonder if it would be the highlight for people if New Donk City didn't exist. So after the fun of Luncheon Kingdom, you go to a kingdom that looks the exact opposite. You go to Ruin Kingdom. Here, everything's dark. It's like gray feeling. Um, it feels bad. You know, it feels like. Um, uh, you know the bad side of a fantasy novel where like the darkness is taken over it, it sort of feels that way and it's a pretty short kingdom but your big thing here is you have a boss battle with a dragon which again they have dragons in mario what um and this boss battle uh, i thought was also fairly challenging um com- like after the squid monster that one was hard this one was a new hard one i thought because uh to fight the dragon it has like a bunch of keys on its face and you have to take all the keys off in a certain amount of time to be able to like jump on its head but you don't have they don't give you a lot of like wiggle room on there you need to you know you need to be quick uh so i thought this was a a cool boss battle the dragon looked cool and uh was a fun nemesis yeah i mean this level was so i mean i actually really like this level and boss fight but it was i i mean what i mean this came out of left field right just suddenly like you you described it super well like it's a drastically different area 
there's a whole lot of sadness and doom and gloom happening and there's this massive dragon and i mean i really liked it but man did it come out of nowhere right just especially coming out of the luncheon kingdom like you said something that's so colorful they come here that's like pretty monochromatic and it's pretty just sad uh, just for this boss fight but yeah Cameron's been saying it we've all been saying it this to me is just like another example of I don't know somebody had some really cool idea they pitched it and they're like you know what we can make it work for this game I want an entire Mario game based on this aesthetic um, <laughs> I mean I think Oh, no, that'd I mean, be cool. It just, it just had this really cool, just dark fantasy aesthetic that, I, you know, you never see in a Mario game. Like, maybe you see it in, like, a Zelda game. And I was like, man, this this is really cool. I kind of want – it was, like, really cool. Also, on the dragon bit, I'm pretty sure Bowser is some kind of dragon, like, anthropomorphic dragon slash turtle thing. Um <laughs> So I feel like I feel like the dragon <laughs> might be like his cousin or something. I don't know. There's got to be, you know, does Nintendo have like a Mario lore book at this point? I feel like there's got to be like a uh, timeline book, right? I mean, I'm about to just look up on the Mario wiki what Bowser is. This is I'm sure it's been explained <laughs> at some point, but I think for normal or, or just maybe not normal, but just ordinary casual Mario players, we just accept this all, right? We don't want to question <laughs> <laughs> I do see the Super Mario Encyclopedia, the official guide to the first 30 years. Hmm. But does that have lore? I know Zelda has a like official lore book. You can buy it on Amazon. It's actually pretty cool, but I don't think Mario has this. Anyway, I'm obviously making all that up, but this is a really cool level. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it is a cool level. It would be really fascinating, I think, like Cameron, you just mentioned this in passing almost, but like if there was an entire Mario game based around this, like a dark Mario, I don't know. I'd a hundred percent give it a try. I could see Nintendo like this level. Nintendo does crazy crap with Mario, so I could see it happening. Yeah, and well and I think that strengthens your multiverse idea anyway, is that like I feel like they can do whatever they want with Mario because if it sucks and people don't like it, they're like, well, I mean, that was like over there. That's not like real Mario. You know, like <laughs> I feel like that they have the freedom that they can just kind of be like, oh, that doesn't really count. Don't worry about that thing. This is the thing like um, which I, I don't know. I, I would totally be into that. A dark Mario uh, where, you know, like not that they have to make it like R rated or something, but if it was a little grittier feeling like that would be cool. I would be into that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to make <laughs> a little more like a little more I'm sad. The pre-order bonus obligatory <laughs> Dark Souls reference, uh, but you know Dark Souls Dark Souls oh, Mario no. Dark Souls Mario game. Just calling it right here. Twenty oh twenty twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing to do it on can our podcast, but to bring it to someone no, else. Can you imagine like bonfires and like stamina bars oh and like Mario game? <laughs> <laughs> What's the next kingdom on the list? <laughs> <laughs> our next kingdom is we make it to bowser's kingdom um and here you really bring out all the stops you end up having two different boss fights with brutals you end up fighting uh a boss fight of like a giant robot like transformers-esque brutals where all four of them are in it 
and there are parts of it and you have to like knock the machine over to like blow up the hatch for one brutal and then you have to fight the boss in a different way to get it to fall another way to get it out so there's really just a, a lot of boss fights i feel like in this one and also bowser's fort's pretty cool it's like um uh it to me it looks like like a like a japanese fortress from like the i don't know 1800s or something i don't i don't know if that's exactly right but uh yeah, this this level is pretty cool, and uh, I, I thought that combining all the brutals into the mega boss fight was cool. Yeah, this is one of my favorite boss fights, the the mecha transformer brutals for sure. That was a really yeah, I really enjoyed that boss fight. I actually really enjoyed this kingdom too. Um, I know uh, we talked about our favorites at the beginning. This one is like a borderline favorite for me. I really enjoyed a lot of it, um, and it definitely tests you. Um, I think more i mean you de- I, you get to bowser's kingdom and i feel like you definitely know you're in the end game right um mm-hmm. things are a little trickier you have to think a little harder you gotta look I, because it, it's it's funny because when you kind of go through this kingdom at first it just kind of feels like okay we're just the platforms are giant rectangles and then there are big walls and that's it but like all the other levels the more you explore it the more you realize there's so much depth there's a lot you could go under there's a lot that you could go over so yeah bowser's kingdom i think was a really really cool one it looks great i'm with you i don't know anything really about japanese architecture or history but that would be my assumption too right this is a japanese fortress uh, very fitting for for bowser as an enemy as well mm-hmm. also you have um I don't know if these bad guys have shown up. You've got these like uh, birds that like poke you, um, yeah. and their like beak is you can use it to like scale walls, which again, cool like weird uh, movement mechanic that you get to kind of do to make your way more around Bowser's kingdom. Uh, so yeah, kind of cool here. Um, unfortunately, though, by the time you battle through Bowser's kingdom, he has already run off to the moon. So you've got to head after him there. Um, again, Mario has no bounds. Um, and so <laughs> you head to the moon. You've got one last boss fight with a Brutal. Um, you do manage to take the Brutal out. Also, because you're on the moon, you don't have gravity. So when Mario jumps, he jumps really high. Um, so, you know, you've kind of got that you're dealing with. Um, you get to the wedding. Peach and Bowser are about to get married. You pop in, you say, I object, um, and you've got your boss fight with Bowser. Um, and uh, this was cool, getting kind of a round two with him, because when you fought him earlier, you know, I actually felt decent in that fight, but, you know, Bowser beats you, so this time I was I was kind of eager to get back at him. Yeah, this for me is my second, like, borderline favorite kingdom. I, I just loved how, like... They're like, all right, we're on the moon, and so you could jump twice as high. I don't know, just like that kind of mix, that mix up at the very end. And each, like, we were bringing this up, obviously, each kingdom has its own flavor. Like you mentioned with the Bowser kingdom, you can uh, transform into one of the birds and use that to scale walls. Here, it's just like, well, just you could jump, and your long jump goes forever. I mean, I thought this was a super fun little mini sandbox to play around in. Um, Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, what a, I, I thought, what a great level, and what a great way to sort of finish this. I kind of felt dumb. You've been collecting Power Moons the whole time, and so at some point you were going to go to the moon, 
like in retrospect, I was like, this is so obvious, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to the moon, right? Yeah, just just a really great level overall, and I really really loved how the game ended as well. Um, when you get up to the to the wedding to break it off, that ending is so good, man. I what a way to cap off a an, an amazing game, you know, to like to cap off this idea that they just they just hardcore commit to through the whole game, uh, and I don't even want to know. I mean, it's because when you really stop and think about it, I mean, it's it's like, you know, 15 Mario, different Mario games in one game, right? Uh, w- with yeah. all the different things that you can do and all the mechanics that they introduce. And then to just cap it off with the finale, you know, where you're taking over Bowser's body pretty much. And it's so good. It's uh, it's just, a, just an epic, epic finale. Who knew that a Mario game could just feel epic, you know? It's... <laughs> I mean, I loved all the past Mario games. I I loved Mario sixty four and and I loved, um, especially loved Mario Galaxy a lot. I think it's it's fantastic. But yeah, this game is just on a different level. That's just just on a different level. It's awesome. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, like you said, you possess Bowser. You like beat him. You possess him, and you possess him uh, because the Bowser's kingdom here is like crumbling around you and so you basically like football player hit stick your way through the environment like (laughs) and just like run through everything and you you know you just feel like the like best running back ever um (laughs) and it's so fun you're like yeah i'm gonna smash this i'm gonna run through this wall and then that wall and you know i have to jump over here because the part in front of me is falling away like uh super cool awesome escape uh, you do it, you make it out, um, you've saved Peach. So uh, after this, you head back to Mushroom Kingdom where you began, and Peach and Tiara tell you that uh, you know after this whole experience, they want to go visit the kingdoms of the world on their own terms. You know they've went there as Bowser's prisoner before; they want to do it on their own. Mario and Cappy uh, decide to stay teamed up. And explore the world to uh, collect more power moons. And like, all right, let's explore the world on our own terms too. That we're not chasing Bowser, but we're, you know, I guess making the world a better place and getting power moons and stuff. Um, And that's sort of where it leaves you. Um, My understanding uh, is so you can collect, I think, 250 more power moons. And then you get another set of boss fights on the moon. And then I assume if you beat that and you collect more power moons, that's there's another set of more boss fights. Uh, at the end of that, is that right? Have either of you done that? No, I didn't make it this. I didn't do too much in the post game. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm I'm the wrong person to talk to when it comes to these like hundred percenting achievement hunter <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I I I loved playing through the story and kind of getting through the game, but no, I didn't I didn't play much of the post game. Okay, cool. No, that that's good to know. I I collected enough to get to the like they at the end of the game they ask you to like or tell you to unlock 250 power moons to like get a new level. And so it's called the dark side of the moon and I got to it, but then it was just more boss fights. So I did a couple of them, but then once I died, I was like, well, that was my reward, dang. Like I I I thought I'd unlock a new world, 
but instead I just unlocked boss fights, which are fine, but I was hoping for a new world, so I was a little disappointed. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, whatever. What are you going to do? Um, okay, so I guess, though, all of that, that's Super Mario Odyssey itself. Uh, next up, we're going to transition into some general thoughts, just maybe stuff that we thought about the game, but just didn't kind of come up as we were talking about it. Uh, one thing I guess I'd say right off top, uh, because we, I just mentioned it, but for me, I like never replay games ever. Um, especially like with a podcast, you know, like I'm not going to spend too much time on a game after it's done. Like I'm finishing it, I'm recording an episode and I'm moving on probably. Um, but with this game, once I beat it, uh, I went back through and was collecting moons. I was like, this is still fun. And I thought that I'd get a new world by getting 250. <laughs> um, so I just went back through not all of the levels, but I went to a lot of them and, you know, you go to the next level, there's this like big, uh, silver metal thing um and you like hit it and it reveals where all the power moons on that level are and then you you know you can try to go get them and it you know you can't see them but it tells you you're in the right area and you're like all right i gotta keep poking around here i'll find this power moon um but i really like this i thought this was really cool like as someone who rarely goes back and you know plays more once i'm done i did that here and i think that's a a big testament to this game that uh someone like me would do that, let alone people who already like doing that stuff. Yeah, I, I think that was one thing that's really awesome about Super Mario Odyssey. I didn't go back enough to unlock any of the, the dark side of the moon, but I did go back just to see, like, okay, now that I have a much better better understanding of the game, how am I going to do in the Tutorial Kingdom, you know, the Cap Kingdom or the Cascade Kingdom? Can I find <laughs> some other moons? And that was really fun. I mean... Uh, my biggest, I think, sort of summary of the game is that it's such a densely packed game that you can really feel like you're accomplishing a lot, that you're doing a lot, even in the smallest, you know, tightest corners of each kingdom. And I just love that. I just love that Super Mario Odyssey. There's still more to do if you want it. And after beating the main game, uh, for the collectionists, for the achievement hunters, there's plenty left to do for folks like us who um, just want to go back and just kind of feel the feeling of the game there's a lot of that to do as well so i mean it's just a, a great package of a game um, and really really a joy just to play i think i've said you know pretty much everything uh in terms of my thoughts on the different levels and the mechanics but i mean i i mean last thing i'll say is i mean i do i do think this is probably one of the best games of you know of this generation of of this current generation right that um you know starting meaning switch uh series x and playstation 5 like this is you know it's just so good it's so excellently done it's so packed with content there's so much to do it's so creative and it's so like well executed just on so many different levels i mean i would definitely i would see it probably in the top five maybe even the top three of this current generation so a great choice dan to talk talk about on this joint episode i think this is a this is one of the best out there and just a joy to play just so fun to play if you haven't played this man you're you're this is one of the funnest video games of the last maybe decade that's awesome yeah high praise yeah this is definitely up there if someone has a switch they should have this game for sure like it's 
uh, a must-go. Whether you're someone who's played a ton of Mario or never played anything like this, this game is for you, and you should spend time on it. Um, my last thing, which I guess isn't about this game, but I want a Super Mario Odyssey 2. I would totally play more of this, more adventures with Mario and Cappy. I'm all for it. Uh, I think they set something great up here, and I would play more. Or, you know, even just a new 3D Mario game, like, I feel like they've uh, they've got me in. I feel like if they put something out, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm, I might day one that, or like, I'm ready, like kind of thing, which uh, I feel like is a big achievement, being someone who hasn't played any of these things. I don't have, like, the nostalgia from childhood or anything like that. Instead, I just pick this up, and it's awesome, and I would play more. So, well done, Nintendo. Yeah, I wonder... Where is this sequel? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean, this game was such a hit and it's so much fun. I I've really been curious. I think they're trying like, to uh, they're trying to finish Breath of the Wild two first, and then I've heard the rumor is I think this there will be a, a Mario Odyssey two sometime after Breath of the Wild two, but I think that's the focus right now. So twenty twenty seven is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that far out, but. You know, you got to think in terms of like, what are the Nintendo's got to have one big hitter every year. So, you know, you hope they deliver Breath of the Wild 2 next year. And then the year after, you know, we kind of have no idea where they're at. Right. You could easily see another Odyssey, like an, another Odyssey or Mario mainline Mario game coming after that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but just kind of to, to tag along with what you said, Dan, as well. There's something about Super Mario Odyssey, you know, that I really loved. The next time they do announce a Super Mario Odyssey 2, you know, I'm there, right? And this isn't even about uh, the Mario franchise, but there's a new Kirby game coming out next year. Kirby of the Forgotten Land, which is, uh, I think, Kirby's first ever 3D game. And believe it or not, like going back this past week and watching a lot of content on Super Mario Odyssey has made me think... It actually get me excited about this 3D Kirby game because just looking back at the trailer, I just kind of wonder to what extent it's going to play similarly. Obviously, there's no Cappy, but Kirby's you know known for being able to absorb the powers of others. And so uh, it's kind of strange, but this is just Super Mario Odyssey and thinking about it a lot this last week has got me really excited for this Kirby game. Just kind of a random thought, but yeah, I'm excited for more for 3D platformers from Nintendo. That's cool. I I hadn't thought about that when they like announced Kirby. Like, um, my my Kirby experience is being bad at Smash and using Kirby, um, <laughs> and just down being all the time. Um, <laughs> but I I think that's cool. Like you know, I'm definitely gonna like keep my uh, ears and eyes out for the new Kirby with that in mind. Because if it plays somewhat like this, I would probably pick that up. Like that, I I think that this is like opening Nintendo up to me in a way that. It hasn't. Like, I, I bought a Switch so I could play Animal Crossing, but, like, I don't have a lot of deep love for Nintendo franchises in general. Like, I like when I've played them, but most of the time it's been at other people's houses. Uh, but I feel like this has sprung, like, a... Um, I don't know. Nintendo might be able to get my money now uh, a bit more. So, <laughs> uh, with their franchises. So, that's super cool. I like that a lot. Cool. Uh, last up, I've got two pieces of feedback from people, uh, and we can kind of wrap Mario up here. Uh, 
the first one uh, I've got from Breezy on Twitter who said, I can never get that uh, Donk City jam out of my head. Uh, I wish the end game had been folded more neatly into the main game. I think it's my least favorite end game content of Amario. Um, I guess this would be a question. I don't know if either of you have experience with this. So on old, on other Mario games, is there sort of the post-game content like this where you could keep collecting moons and all that stuff? And if so, did you like it? Did you not play it? You know, what's your guys' experience there? Uh, there's just so much, I think, in terms of, like, extra power moons that you could get. Uh, just knowing that there okay. are, like, a 900 power moons, I knew I wasn't going to get all of them, right? Um, I'm thinking about, like, what they're saying here in regards to other... Uh, Mario games and and uh, end game and content and honestly I think with most Mario games I usually go back to a few areas try to get a few more things and I usually call it quits. Um, I think the only exception hmm. would be like uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Like Cameron, that's that's a 3D Mario game. Like if I'm gonna recommend two 3D Mario games to anybody, it's it's Super Mario Odyssey and Super Mario Galaxy, and. Uh, I went back and did more of that. I know that once you beat the game, you can play through the game as uh, Luigi, I believe. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how atypical it was, to be honest, for Super Mario Odyssey and the way that it handled it. But for me, as much as I really enjoyed the game, I just knew that I was never going to get to all the power moons. I never get, I never complete games hundred <laughs> percent. You're the, you're the wrong, I'm the wrong person to ask. I typically, it takes a lot to get me to hang on to a game for a long, long time. I think the game that probably might get me to hundred percent it maybe for the first time is probably Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, but I can't, great game. I, what a I game. can't think yeah. of anything else that could, that, would get me to do that much. I'm usually do the story. If there's any decent side quest or side stuff, I'll go do that. But then I'm out and I probably, and I usually never come back very rarely. I'll come back one notable exception uncharted, uh, four I've actually beat all the way through three times. So anyway. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I would say that, yeah, I guess we're all similar. I'm the same way. I don't ever go back, uh, almost ever. Ghost of Tsushima did have me playing after I completed it. I had the same thing. I love that game so much that when I got done, I was like, sure, I'll take down some more forts. This is fun. Um, but in general, yeah, not that way at all either. So um, that's too bad for Breezy that this didn't meet what kind of you hope for there. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like any of us have enough experience to know um, <laughs> that, but that's too bad that uh, that's the case for you uh, there. And then uh, last up, we've got from John on Twitter, who says, My wife and I really enjoyed Super Mario Odyssey. My only gripe is I wish we could have unlocked the Luigi outfit much earlier, so I would have liked to play the bulk of the game as Luigi. Where's my Luigi Odyssey upgrade? Um, so, Luigi lover uh, there. Makes sense. Uh, that's cool. I, I did, I guess, actually, I had a question for this. Did either of you play two-player in this, or did you only do one-player? I did a little bit of two-player. Cameron has a lot more experience doing two-player, though, than I do. I just did it with my daughter a little bit. You know, she kind of just flung the hat around, but it wasn't anything serious co-op. It, it was, you know, it was kind of so she could feel like she could do it 
Um, you know, this was like a couple years ago, so she was still figuring out how to, how to play video games and stuff. So anyway, I think as she gets older though, I think it could, it was, you know, it could be a, a fun mechanic. Okay. Interesting. I, I only played it one player, so I didn't have that, but is it one of you's Cappy and one of you's Mario? Yeah, is that basically. kind of the idea? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's cool though. We kind of describe this sometimes as like 1.5 co-op, right? Where it is two players playing the game, but you have different roles and typically there's one character that has like a primary role and somebody who has a secondary role. So this is like I the little I did co-op was actually with my son, right? So um so I had a similar experience that Cameron did. For them it was just it really fun to do something, like run around or just go as Cappy and do something. Um but this type of game I think it is a really great game. Like if you are in a relationship where maybe you are a gamer, but you know, your significant other isn't, but you want to try a game together, something like this absolutely works for sure. Um, And maybe you're both hardcore gamers. You just want to take turns, you know, doing the different mechanics that Cappy and Mario offer. I think this is a good game for that for sure. Oh, that's cool. It it seemed like too when when I played like it, you know, it'd be like resume or resume two player. So it seems like you could go in and out that way too if you wanted. If like, oh, we'll play together. Okay, I'll just watch you play. You can watch me play. Like you could just trade it around, uh, like that as you wish, which is cool. And um, I don't know, good that that's offered. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, that's all I have about Super Mario Odyssey. Do either of you two have anything? uh before we move on to kind of our next section that's all i got uh, yeah that's all i got i mean great game can't wait for the next game that's like this and if that's kirby then that's kirby if that's super mario odyssey 2 that's super mario odyssey 2 perfect yeah yeah me too uh great game go play it um all right so that's super mario odyssey uh from here we wanted to wrap up just learning a little bit more about the pre-order bonus uh con pre-order bonus podcast there we go um <laughs> and just you know hear more about your guys show things like that so um I, I guess first up if someone doesn't know anything about your podcast uh what is it uh tell people about it yeah i think uh i mean jake said at the very beginning but i mean we're two average joes two dads who work in wildly different professions who really really like video games and play probably way too many of them um and we came up with this idea uh you know probably what two years ago now jake yeah about two years about ago. two years ago i mean we whenever we would get together as friends we would end up kind of riffing riff raffing about video games and just kind of talking about them in, in probably much too deep and nerdy of a way that anyone else ever would. <laughs> and so <laughs> we figured, you know what? If we're already doing this anyways when we get together, why not turn it into a podcast? I, I bet people want to have nerdy conversations about the games they like. And uh, and it turns out we were kind of right. Um, you know, we've had uh, a couple years ago we started. We're, we're coming up on our 100th episode. We have about... 11 12 more episodes to go we'll be at episode 100 and what we do is basically every week uh ish we take a video game that we that's either newer or that just came out that we both played or something from our backlog that we were able to 
sync up and play both of us play at least you know a solid chunk of it and then we'll break it down and as jake mentioned we'll do that by an analyzing and kind of examining the narrative the mechanics the gameplay loop and then the impact on the industry and we'll kind of do that for every game so yeah that's the pre-order bonus we're on podcast platforms everywhere um we got a discord channel um but yeah you can you can find us um on twitter at pre-ordercast if you want to get all the information on that so yeah and dan thanks thanks again so much for having us on the show we're gonna have to repay the favor we're gonna have to find the right game to bring you back for i i think disco elysium might be the one i'm just throwing that out there (laughs) 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 no it, it sounds like it might be and i would love that that would be great i've really liked getting to chat with you uh about this also a milestone coming up 100 that's huge i feel like uh doing 100 of anything is a big accomplishment in itself but 100 of a podcast that's huge super cool uh that's coming up for you guys um that's cool uh how about this so you've you've gotten to cover quite a few games as time's gone on do you have any ones that are like favorites whether it was like a game you played and you loved or like maybe once you talked about it on the podcast you're like man that was so cool to talk about do you have any games that stand out to you i think like that cameron and i are going to share a few i'm going to go first though um uh one that I probably I, th- I think the video game that probably blew Cameron and I away the most, like the most surprising game for us, was A Plague Tale Innocence. And mm. so playing through that game, and then I remember both of us were just super jazzed about recording the episode on it because A Plague Tale Innocence was just such a great and wonderful experience for us. And you have an episode on this too, right, Dan? Um, I do. Yeah, I played it uh, maybe a month ago. Yeah, and I mean it's. I don't know. So I think that one is one of the more memorable ones for us. Um, there was a time where finally I got to go back through Cameron. Let me borrow his PS4. And so I caught up on some of the greatest hits from PS4. So our episode on, on Spider-Man and Ghost of Tsushima, those, those are two that really stand out for me as well, just because those games were such a blast to play. Ghost of Tsushima was absolutely my game of the year. Uh, the year it came out. Um, uh, so that those were really fun episodes to talk about. And then I'll just mention two more briefly. Uh, one is uh, our Stardew Valley episode. And I laugh because this has kind of become a, an inside joke for me and Cameron. Uh, for whatever reason, the Apple Podcasts God's algorithm have really favored that episode. So, <laughs> like, that episode, like, if you're searching for a Stardew Valley podcast episode, that one shows up for whatever reason. Uh, but that was a really fun one to do just because Stardew Valley is such, at this point, you know, it's a, it's a modern classic. It has completely helped shape the, the indie game sphere and how indie games are marketed and how people think about indie games. So that was a really great episode to talk about. And then the last one I'll mention very, very briefly is our episode on Cuphead mainly because Cuphead is a, a game that's very near and dear to my heart. So those were probably our my favorite episodes that we've done. What Cameron, was I right? Do you share maybe three of those episodes as some of your favorites? No, I'd agree with all those. I mean, I think the best ones we do are, um, you know, games that like stick with you after they're done. Um, you know, and, and typically those are ones that have a narrative that like really says something. And I think those are 
those are the most kind of fun ones to do and the fun ones to break down or things that do, you know, really interesting and or controversial things from a, from a, you know, mechanical or like a gameplay loop perspective. So yeah, I'd agree with all those for sure, Jake. And the Stardew, our Stardew Valley episode is by far our most popular episode. Um, just far and away. It's not even close. Um, so super fun super good video game but there's a lot of people trying to figure out how to play stardew valley i guess because uh it keeps showing up in people search algorithms on podcasts <laughs> so yeah that's one of our oldest episodes i feel like it's pretty old and the game's been out forever now i mean it's still getting updates but yeah i, yeah. I was just looking our, our stardew valley has almost 1000 downloads so that's that's definitely our most and we just recently hit 10,000 total jake so anyway nice yeah that's awesome <laughs> that it's it, it's funny how one episode will latch on like that for ours it's uh the first last of us which it oh, makes yeah, sense because because uh, because of that game but it's like i don't know probably twice as much as the next episode below it like number two or whatever like people just it must be like that on apple where it's just like if you look that up they'll find <laughs> they'll it, find it yeah. um, <laughs> but it, it's funny uh but stardew is a great one to have for that a lot of people like that i feel like that was a huge game in general but especially in quarantine i feel yes. like that like yeah. that's you know perfect to just grab on your switch and just you know uh relax a bit and take care of your town and all that so uh that that's awesome that those are those are great recommendations i've definitely i've listened to uh ghost of tsushima spider-man and plague tale since i'd played all of those i went back and heard what you guys thought and those games are all fantastic definitely go check those out for sure um I don't know if you guys have anything you want to tease, but um, do you have anything coming up in the future that you're excited about or uh, looking forward to that people should watch no, out I mean, for? I, oh, go ahead, Jake. I was going to say the biggest thing that we probably have going on is um, Cameron and I, for the past few weeks, have been working towards our Game of the Year episode. And uh, I really, really love the way that we do our... Um, game of the year episode so as we've mentioned several times now in each of our episodes where we talk about a specific game we break them down into four different categories and just one last time that's narrative mechanics gameplay loop impact on the industry so for our game of the year episode we pick what we think would be the best game in each of those categories and then we talk about our overall game of the year and we'll throw in some honorable mentions and we'll discuss that as well so absolutely, I would say be on the lookout for that episode. We are recording that this month. Um, this is, you know, we're recording this podcast in December 2021. So it's coming out very soon. And then uh, it should be no surprise, but Disco Elysium is one that Cameron has absolutely loved. I'm getting to that game. Um, it's like on the top of my list of games to play. And so I'm really excited to see what's got Cameron so buzzed about this game. That's awesome. No, that's great. I'm, I'm definitely eager to hear what you guys thought too. Uh, what's the best narrative? What's the best gameplay? All of that. That's cool. Um, cool. I guess I guess last up um, is where can people find you online? Uh, all that. Uh, probably best place is uh, Twitter to get your information. Follow us at Preordercast. But I mean, the best, easiest thing you can do is just subscribe. Um, you know, and if... Uh, on on podcast platforms if you know if you want to follow the episodes that we're doing but twitter for sure 
that's the best place to, you know, shoot us a DM or comment or kind of see what we're talking about. We'll post, you know, all the episodes that we're doing there. So Twitter for sure. Yeah, I'm on our Twitter way too much. So that's where, <laughs> that's where I'm always uh, saying things, uh, retweeting things. Um, yeah, at Preordercast, like Cameron mentioned, you can hop into our Discord. We're the, the conversation, we're having lots of conversations right now um, in the Discord about uh, a few different things. Um, one of the things that we like to do for our show is we have periodic episodes where we interview uh game developers so indie game developers we call that our game maker series and we have a few of those people in our chat as well in discord and it's awesome hearing their perspective on things as well um yeah but yeah i would say twitter and discord is where you find us and of course on all major podcasting platforms like cameron said please uh give our episodes a try find a game that you really like that we've covered listen to it give us some feedback and we'd love to hear from you yeah awesome uh and also i'll put all those links in the show notes too so um yeah and please go check their show out it's really cool i think you could find a game you most certainly would enjoy so um yeah i guess all in all thank you so much for coming on this was a blast could not talk about mario with you too uh yeah really glad we got to do this yeah thank you so much it's been such a good time and like cameron said we'll have you on our show sometime soon we'll just have to find a game that works for all three of us yeah that sounds fantastic i'd love that um yeah last if people want to get in contact with us uh we're on twitter at story ever pod um our website's the greatest story ever played.com there you have a backlog of all of our episodes uh that you can look at there also we're on wherever you get podcasts so you can check us out there we've got a patreon at patreon.com slash the greatest story ever played for there as little as a dollar per month that can give you access to monthly bonus episodes we do. So things like our favorite Pokemon or our favorite games from childhood or, you know, things like that. So if that interests you, uh, check that out. And uh, yeah, that's our episode and we'll see you next time. <laughs>